Greetings and welcome yet again to the Grog Pod Roguelike Podcast, where we talk about roguelike games. Welcome, hail, and well met. I am your host. Bzz, bzz. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm I'm cripplingly addicted to my phone here. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Berger, uh, and I'm joined with. Bzz, uh according to my phone here uh my co-host is that right is that who i'm joined by uh, i i think so oh oh what's what's this oh it looks like i am um some kind of a mage casting some kind of a stone golem to absorb all the boringness that might be in these mobile games <laughs> uh, weird huh ah oh, dang i was gonna be a mage well i guess i'm colin <laughs> your uh puny warrior who can't gain any strength to equip better armor <laughs> because I refuse to go to the gym. Well, this week you are joining us for a, a, I was going to say pint size, but maybe, well, not quite, actually, maybe, uh, our game this week is Shattered Pixel Dungeon, uh, where normally, so in this part, I usually go over like when it was released and where you can find it on, but I think I have to do this in like two separate silos because this is our first roguelike mobile game that we're playing but also released on steam question mark and for desktop so okay Uh so we'll 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 get into this so release date so yeah the the standard operating procedure fans of the show for for hundreds of years that have been listening to this already know how this is going to play out but release date so this is a game that released on steam march 23rd 2022 but came out a lot earlier on iOS Android mobile devices, August 15th, 2014. So it, it does predate the Steam release by quite a bit. Uh, where can you find this? Well, this is this is a very interesting case. So you can find this on Steam for $10, and we'll get into pricing here in a minute. Uh, Android, free to play. iOS is $5. You can find it on GOG for $10, and itch.io, it's free, asterisk. Uh, with a $10 suggested donation. Uh, This is a very interestingly developed game that is an open source fork of the original Pixel Dungeon game uh, by Canadian-based developer Evan Debenham. Debenham? Evan Debenham? Evan Debenham. Uh, I like that he goes by Double uh, O Evan on on the, his Discord, which I, uh, brings a smile <laughs> to my face. Uh, and this Shattered Pixel Dungeon again, like another kind of like weird data separate silo thing here, cranks in on Steam at the 972nd mm-hmm. most popular roguelike with 855 total reviews, and then un- maybe unsurprisingly, uh, cranks in on Android. Hard to tell where it falls because mobile game databases, as I found out over the past couple of weeks, do, basically don't exist. Like there's no way for us really to tell where in the pantheon of mobile games, mobile games in general, but also mobile roguelike games where this falls. Steam data, I think we've kind of figured out at this point. But Android, it it has a rating of 4.7 out of 5 with 120,000 total reviews. Whoa. Whoa. Versus it's 855 on Steam. Maybe unsurprising because of the free-to-play versus commercial aspect, but we'll get to that in a minute. iOS, also paid medium, 4.9 out of 5 with 1,200 total reviews. So I think the free-to-play aspect is uh, is kind of cycling into there. Um, but unfortunately, Colin, your phone is at 1% battery, and you're going to have to send a one-sentence text... <laughs> About what one does in Shattered Pixel Dungeon before it's too late. Kill me, no. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much your standard roguelike game, but it's on a phone. <laughs> yeah, excellent, fantastic job. I'm clapping if you can't hear that. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. Uh, it is probably the most traditional roguelike game we've played in some time. Yeah, you definitely. Start in a dungeon. You you crawl it. You crawl through the dungeon. You go down. You 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 crawl through randomly procedurally generated levels until you find the exit, and you get keys and items, and you go down. Um, and you know, I I didn't I, at first. I was like, oh, it's 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 kind of bland, but you know, I it, it's it's growing on me. Um, it's got like 
uh, at first I was just like annoyed because like <laughs> playing things on a phone is less optimized. I, I was basically just like laying in bed. Like this would be easier to play on my computer. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, to click over there, click over there. My phone's too big for my small baby hands. And then I was like, well, okay, there's a couple of like quality. You like, if you're right mm-hmm. next to the thing, you can click a little button in the corner and let you hit them. So you don't have to actually like grub on your, your phone all the time. And um, I don't know there, it's, it started, there's a lot in it, um, which I feel like normally is something that I might be more okay with, but I, I feel like I have just less tolerance for that on a mobile app because I'm, it's like, uh, I want to go look at the wiki for this or something, but it's like, mm. oh, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to like close out the app and then I look it up on my phone, which is a small screen. It's like, if I'm playing this on my computer, I'll just look it up on my second screen or mm-hmm. something, but it's like so much more of a, a hassle to like figure things out on a phone. Yeah. It probably so. goes without saying that the three of us are, aren't primarily mobile game first uh, players. Does that sound right? yeah uh yeah <laughs> very much well i guess like maybe i guess like will and i have have spent a lot of time on the lee chess app if you want to like count that as <laughs> like the extent of our mobile gaming uh addiction to some degree but like just like looking through my phone here of like uh mobile roguelikes of note that i have on here that some of them like are good some of them are more, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit, but like um, the the game that kicked off Vampire Survivors, Magic Survival, is a free-to-play mobile game. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> Colin, you were just talking about this uh, before we started recording. Uh, Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead, you can play on your phone. I don't know why you would. That sounds uh, terrible. It does sound, it is terrible. Um but stay tuned for that. Uh, you got uh, Hoplite, which is well-regarded. You got Slice and Dice, real well-regarded. And then you have like other games that are like Pixel Dungeon, but more in like, like the less charmy, more like uh, hobby-grade traditional roguelikes. So you got your, your Pathos, NetHack roguelike. You got Dungeon Crawl, Stone Soup as its own app. Uh, you got what else I got here? I got Null Hack, and all of these are are like relatively similar enough to each other. And I'm going to make every one of those fans of the each of those communities angry by saying so. But I feel like where Shattered Pixel Dungeon comes in is it feels like the best kind of gateway drug into that ecosystem. Long silence. I wouldn't know because I haven't played any of those <laughs> games at all. Like when we talk about Lee Chess, like that is the only mobile game I think that I have really invested any time into. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and if I have the choice between that, like solving puzzles on Lee Chess or like playing correspondence games or any other game, I am pretty much going to go with that every single time. Hmm. And the reason is because the interface of the phone is just so limited. The mouse has three things it does. It has left right click, click left click, <laughs> and it has mouse over. And in some cases, you have the mouse, middle mouse button as well. And uh, these are important things. On the phone, you have tap. So the mouse over option, where you're able to like, hey, there's something new enemy. Mm-hmm. It just appeared on screen. I want to know what the heck it does. So like, what, what I've never seen it before. How do I get information about it? There is no way on these these games, with the way they're designed, I should say, to get information. And that's why I don't know if this is a I don't know if other mobile games do this, because, again, I don't play them. But like, why is there not like just a big button bottom left, which is the alt sort of a thing or like a kind of like a mm-hmm. instead of tapping, you you hold down this thing and suddenly whatever you tap, you're getting the second function for. And like that would make it so that, oh, suddenly it's not like, well, I'm I'm going to I guess I'm going to shoot it because I don't know what else to do with it. Like that's well, that's well did you ever use the uh, the magnifying glass button? In Shattered um, Pixel Dungeon, there's a there's a magnifying glass button. Apparently, it's one of like the three buttons on the screen. Well, but did it? Do you hold it down and then you can have wherever things? Like it's so so yeah. This game, so Shattered Pixel Dungeon, I guess will will kick off. Normally, I I try to figure out like oh what's like what's the story hook that drives us in here. But as Colin mentioned in in our preamble, 
this game just kicks you right in the ass, right into the dungeon. There is there's no preamble. There's no like this is your goal. This is your character's backstory. It's very much holy hey, shit. Get in and start shooting stuff. I mean, I knew about the. I knew about. Uh, sorry, I opened up this. The joy of a, a mobile game is you could just open it up while Scott's talking about the game <laughs> <laughs> and find out about marsupial rats are aggressive but rather weak denizens of the sewers. They have nasty bite but only life threatening large numbers. There you go. Apparently, that's not a zoom button. I thought that was zoom. I I never engaged with that button because the magnifying glass to me said you want to zoom in. But I thought cool. it was only for searching walls. For secret yeah. passages, wow. which is also that's, this other thing. That's, that's the other we're bad. Thing. We're bad at these kind of things, I guess. <laughs> we're just old boomers here trying to play these stupid little mobile games. Oh, you you tweens these days with your TikToks and your infograms. I even so I got I've gotten burned more than once on this podcast complaining <laughs> about something where you're like, but Colin, there's literally a button on the main menu mm-hmm. that lets you change the text for this game. They're like, oh, okay. Um so I like clicked around on most of the stuff. I even clicked on the little thing, but then I, I guess I didn't click enough times. Yeah, I think like my first my first experience with this game when I, I downloaded it, I don't know, months and months ago before, you know, the, the podcast was even in uh, a twinkle in our eyes just to like play around with it because it, it does come very highly recommended from kind of all corners of the internet of like, hey, here's this thing. It's like, it's free asterisk on Android. Uh, you should go check it out if you're, you know, even remotely curious about what a traditional roguelike dungeon crawler kind of game is, because it's the it's maybe the least offensive and most user friendly question mark of them. Uh, uh, but even then, like I was having trouble where like I was running around in, the, in this dungeon and I thought I came to like just a total dead end. Like you come down a flight of stairs and and like the, to the next level or whatever. And I'm like, well, there's no there's no doors. Like, I don't know. Like, what am I doing wrong here? And I had to go to the discord post screenshot and ask a question They're like, oh, yeah, you just tap and hold down on the magnifying glass and it searches the area around your character. I'm like, uh, OK, click it. Oh, oh, there's a door there. OK. Um, I wish I would have knew, known that ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> I think what this and hold. So that was like, that's the, the thing that they never tell you about, but they expect you to know. Well, yeah, I feel like there, there's an aspect of this game that relies on maybe two things. One is like the established entity that is the Pixel Dungeon series overall, because this is this is maybe the most popular fork of the original. So the original uh, like Pixel Dungeon looks very similar to this, but it's slightly different in many ways, was released December 4th, 2012, way back when. I think that that was... Was that a mobile game? I believe it was mobile at the time. People will fact check me. But um, two years later, July 26th, it goes open source. And, you know, largely driven by the community, by the Pixel Dungeon subreddit, uh, (laughs) if we want to go down that road... uh, and then uh, very like the next month after Pixel Dungeon went open source, the shattered Pixel Dungeon fork got created of it. And I think there's something of like 1100 plus forks of the original uh, Pixel Dungeon game on GitHub. Oh uh, but there's God. only like 50 or so that are like maybe of note of like their substantial changes and, and whatnot. Um, shattered Pixel Dungeon, definitely maybe the most popular one has its own like pretty well fleshed out wiki but that's the thing is like it kind of requires you know a wiki on one side it kind of requires the sort of institutional knowledge of like oh yeah i've played the pixel dungeon games for 10 years i I know what's going on let's jump into this kind of new version of it um where you know if you're sort of downloading it just on your phone you like this is your first experience with it i think even like the first few levels of the first dungeon can be a little overwhelming even though it is like very you know, cute cartoon Super Nintendo-y looking graphics. Uh, there's a lot going on in this. There's a lot of stuff, and that a lot of stuff that could possibly be overlooked, maybe to the game's detriment. Where I think, like, if there was a tutorial, did I? I, I didn't miss a tutorial, did I? No. Okay. Or if you did, we all missed it, and it wasn't <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if there was a tutorial for like, hey, 
you've probably played a roguelike game before, but there's like some stuff about this interface, like like the magnifying glass, like you know, how do you figure out, you know, what to look up about potions? How do you figure out what to do about alchemy? Just like run me through like three simple rooms first of a tutorial of like, okay, this is how kind of all the systems work. And then like, don't show me that ever again. Uh, I think that would maybe go a long way to kind of demystifying stuff for the new, the new kind of player experience for us old boomers who have never played games on our phone before. Well, so uh, one of the other things that I... So it does have a couple of random hints that it throws in there at you. And I think that may almost be worse because it made me assume that if there was anything that I was missing, the game would have told me somewhere. Like there's something about the surprised enemies that it keeps. It's like, oh, God, snakes can't can't uh, can't hit a snake. Got to surprise it from a door. It's like. It's, it tells you that like every level. You know, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get it. I know how to fight. Well, you say no. you get it, but like it never tells you if you actually surprise them. Yeah, it does. You get a little exclamation point and you do like five times damage. Well, the, the enemies get an exclamation mark. Yeah, when you hit them, it, there's a little exclamation point over their head and you kill the snake. I, well, well, you I didn't read I, the wiki? I, I don't see these things. These little, <laughs> these tiny little pixels. Okay, well, well, you well get, also, maybe you're going to get stronger glasses then. <laughs> Uh, well, you were playing on an iPad also, right? Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Was, was that any different? Did you play well, I played it on both, on, on, yeah. on my phone and my... And um, no, it just made it so that, like, you're having to physically move your arm much further in order to connect with things. It's still, like, it's a really... T- it, it doesn't, like, make it a better experience at all. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But, so, I mean, it gave you that tooltip, which that was a useful tooltip for me. Maybe not for everyone of our, our party, but for me it was. Um... And then it gave it to me again, and I was like, okay, it seems like this game is pretty insistent on, like, there are a couple things that it it's like, oh, this might be hard for you to figure out. I better tell you. And it kind of made me assume that it would tell you all of the other things that you can miss. Hmm. Um, but there's definitely stuff that, like, despite the fact that we're a roguelike podcast, supposedly, <laughs> uh, we haven't played that many traditional roguelikes and there are definitely certain aspects of them that are non-intuitive mm-hmm. the whole the whole potion identifying stuff is something that I, I absolutely would not have understand what was going on yeah. and that you just have to kind of try potions until you figure out what they do because this that's a mechanic that we really haven't seen well it, some... we we kind of saw it a little bit in cogmind like if you find B- really Isaac hard though. Well, binding of Isaac with like, uh, yeah. yeah, with pills. Yeah, that's um, the same, the exact same mechanic though, right? Yeah. But also like Dreadmore, Dungeons of Dreadmore has literally the exact same mechanic. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Of I like having recall. to identify. Well, like and like potion and scroll identification specifically is yeah. like things that you see in like that's like one of the major pillar like trope pillars of traditional rope like dungeon crawlers. So. Like I went back and I played a little bit of, of Dreadmore. I played a little bit of previous episode hack slash loot also just to just to see like, okay, like these were the ones that like thematically fit this the same kind of general aesthetic that we're going for here. How do they compare? And I think despite like some of the the UI initial unintuitiveness of Shattered Pixel Dungeon, I think like it feels a lot more streamlined once you once you get it. Is that right? Yes, I I definitely I played it for like fifteen minutes the first time I started it, and I was like, oh, I didn't like that game. Mm-hmm. I don't like playing game. I don't. I didn't feel like it adapted to mobile very well. But then the next time I played it, I played it for like an hour and a half in a row, and it's like okay. It still isn't the smoothest. Uh, I still feel like you could play a game like this more efficiently on a computer hmm. or something with a mouse, something where you have like more keys and whatnot. Like I still was like annoyed at the number of times that <laughs> I needed to move my finger so I could see what <laughs> I was trying to go at. Uh-huh. Like, uh, but it definitely was starting to grow on me as like a okay i can see why people could get really into this 
Um, if I had a commute where I could play a game on my phone, I might be way, way, I might have a very different ranking of a game like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I yeah. did. So I did do that test for going into the office a couple times and playing it on the bus. And like some games that we play for this podcast, I'll whip out the steam deck on the bus and look like a maniac. And like, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to like, you know, play darkest dungeon Two, And like the steam deck is like bouncing all over the place and all the icons are super tiny. And it's like impossible to see anything what's going on. And there's like uh, demons and and blood guts and gore on uh-huh. the bus. And the and the old you know very nice old lady sitting next to me on the bus is just like shaking her head at me. Um, this I feel like actually like is very like clear on the phone. Like I can see everything for the most part that's going on. Like okay, you know the grass is here. I know like roughly what my character is doing. Um, yeah, I think like for that use case for like. Uh, 15, 20 minutes on the bus, or you're just like in the bathroom, like you want to make that, like. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. I was, I, you know, especially with Reddit being like, uh, I don't know, I feel like maybe we shouldn't be using Reddit right now as as uh, as protest. It's like, can I play this game yeah. on, while I'm pooping? I could, but it's like, <laughs> it feels like it may be just a little bit, you, you get a little too invested and like, whoops, I accidentally just sat on this toilet for 20 minutes and eh. Who sits on the toilet for 20 minutes? I'm there. I'm 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 there for business. And I, you know, it's not that this is a that kind of podcast, but yeah, but Will, well, I actually work. <laughs> and and I I need I need oh you know, that's that's a sanctuary where you go to like take a break. <laughs> so that I see, I see. I didn't realize that. Okay. I mean, not really, but uh, you know, read it on your phone for a bit. Um I wouldn't I'd feel weird playing like a true video game, which this actually does feel it's like it feels like almost a little more than a mobile game. It yeah. is a full video game. Uh, yeah, it's it's compressed into a phone game. It's surprising, yeah, like some aspects of this game might not be for everyone and that's okay, but uh, like to understand like okay, what what should I be doing to like progress further in like through the first uh five levels. So so this game has uh five um biomes of the total dungeon that you're exploring uh if (laughs) if you've played like a traditional roguelike in the past and you've just been like man these levels are way too big they're way too random there's too much going on i feel like that like this game stream like it cuts the level size at least in half and feels like much faster you know, the, when we were playing Dreadmore, Will, you were talking about like exploring different parts of the floor, going downstairs, exploring and coming back upstairs on another part of the floor. This, I feel like you don't have to worry about any of that. You you just spend, I don't know, maybe like five minutes tops per floor. But there's there's five floors per biome. You start in the sewers, you're punching rats, you're punching crabs. Uh, you pick one of your, your four... Um, kind of standard fantasy classes. You can unlock one later, but uh, you either pick the warrior, the rogue, mage, or huntress class. Uh, I've been mostly kind of abusing the uh, the range of the mage and the huntress. But yeah, I, I feel say, like, like range is obviously the way you play these games, right? You would think so, but I, I've been playing, like I played the warrior the first one because that's what you have to do. Uh, and I didn't really get it. I kept getting pummeled. Uh, but like I, I did some of the range class. I came back to the rogue and I was like, okay like this so this is how you do melee stuff um but anyway yeah like there's there's five floor sewers prison cave uh the dwarven metropolis and then finally the demon halls and the overall goal here is to go down through the dungeon floors to uh again another kind of trope that we see from traditional roguelikes get the amulet of yendor Mm. which is rodney backwards um Mm. Which we we see make an appearance in the OG, the Grandpappy 1980 version of Rogue. We see it show up in NetHack. We show see it show up in Brogue. All of the everyone all, loves Yendor. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone loves Yendor, and you know the, your your typical choice at the end of all those games is like, okay, you've gotten the amulet. You want to you want to stop? You want to actually quit, or do you want to take that amulet, Indiana Jones treasure style, up to the surface? Now I don't think Dreadmore or Hackslash Loot had this. No, that's that's classic Rogue all the way, right? Yeah, that is that is classic Rogue. 
Um, and the idea is that, well, at least in in Brogue, you get the you get the sacred amulet, and then like a super monster is chasing you, and you know shit has just gotten real. The Indiana Jones boulder is chasing you through all the stuff that you just went through. And to some extent, that's kind of what you get here. Uh, you pick up the amulet, you're like, oh, like you could you could end your run now and take your points and leave. Or do you want double points and run all the way back mm. through the dungeon to the surface and fight harder monsters? Um, that's kind of that's kind of the overarching theme here. But in order to like to get to that, like I was like, all right, let's watch some YouTube videos, see what the pros, the MLG pros of Shattered Pixel Dungeon are doing. And holy shit, are we playing this game wrong, you guys? I'm pretty sure that neither of us were using, like, throwing potions at doors to open up lines of sight for, right. like, oh. for shooting, like, off the screen with your bow. Like, at, like, level one. I'm just like, oh my god, these people are playing this at, like, like a 10,000-foot skill ceiling that I had never even remotely thought to do. Uh, and all of it made sense. Like, all of it was, like... Well, yeah, of course you would do that. Uh, why had I never thought to? Yeah, try why would it? you drink it? I mean, why would you drink it unknown potion without throwing it first uh, <laughs> against the wall? I mean, it could be just like it could be flames, and you wouldn't know which I drank flame water or whatever the hell that was. That just happened to me. Yeah, yeah, Possibly yeah. When I was died, I, I, you know, the end of one of my runs, I was surrounded by a swarm of flies. Yeah, the um, flies. I the got the flies, flies as well. Which you have to be. You just have to go into a corridor. And so they can only fight you one at a time. That's how you mm -hmm. beat flies. Anyway, I was surrounded by them. I was like, well, time to quaff all my potions because maybe one of them will kill all the flies or make me into a superhero. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Um, I don't even know what's possible for them to do. Like, I'm assuming that there's only a set number of potions and it's just figuring out, like, what color corresponds to what effect. But I think hmm. it randomizes. I mean, it's, it is my interpretation. Time. Every that's run. Yeah, but every every run it randomizes, but there's only yeah. uh I think what like ten kinds of potions? Twelve? It seems something like that. I, I think because there's like you can convert them all into like the weird stones and you can go back and forth in the weird alchemy stuff, which I didn't really even I, I, I touched I made one stronger potion, but I didn't really do much beyond that. Um, there are uh, there are what's this uh 12 potions. You got experience, yeah. potion of experience, frost, haste, healing, invisibility, levitation, liquid flame, our favorite, mind division, paralytic gas, purity, strength, and toxic gas. Yeah, I mean, so most of that, like, I basically just was like, whatever, I, until I <laughs> until I know what I'm doing with this game, I'm just going to drink all the potions to see mm -hmm. what happens. And, like, they're mostly good for you. Only a couple of them hurt you and they don't kill you instantly so yeah and then once you once you have accidentally drank your flaming mo and you find out that okay this is something that's bad it's identified for the rest of your run at least yeah so yeah um but there's like there's also scrolls too that you can use to say like um scrolls of identify are yeah. our favorite trope from fantasy genres where like, oh, hey, identify this magic item for me, please. Oh, it's cursed. Maybe I shouldn't put that ring on and get get screwed over. Uh, but yeah, there there's lots of times where, yeah, experimenting with all that kind of random stuff. It, it's the risk-reward element that we see in these dungeon crawler games uh, from time to time. Um, but this is also, I think, the, the first time that we actually encounter, like, the traditional element of the hunger clock. But this time actually being like a like a hunger hunger clock. Cause in previous games, like we've seen elements of things to like, hey, don't don't dilly-dally, don't backtrack uh, style hunger clocks of like FTL with like the rebel fleet trying to there catch was a, you. There was a true hunger clock in that one real bad game. Sword yeah, I know. Of the stars I, I know the pit. Yep, that's uh, the one. Yep. Yeah. Because I, I know because I played the psychic dolphin and <laughs> which used more food <laughs> and I starved to death Yep, like twice in a row. And I was like, I'm tired of being hungry. This game's stupid. Did I didn't it feel like, I mean, I maybe I didn't play enough, but I didn't feel like it was a truly punishing thing. It, it mm -hmm. felt like it was uh, basically there. So you couldn't do the Skyrim style. All right. I'm going to eat 
1,000 wheels of cheese now and restore all of my health. Uh-huh. Like, you kind of had to space them out a little bit, but you could eat 10 wheels of cheese if you really needed it in one go. Hmm. Is... Do we think that this game is better served by having a hunger clock to kind of force you to progress further? Or would it be better just to have one directional stairs in that you can't backtrack? Did either of you guys ever backtrack? If you got a key and you saw there was a room with important things in it and you couldn't get in there, that would be a reason to backtrack. Hmm. Okay. I think you can also like, uh, like stair dance enemies a little bit by like you come down flight of stairs oh like enemies are chasing you you go back up the flight of stairs i don't mm. rem- i think they chase you up the stairs but it's like a turn delay and you know you can like at least buy you some time to like yeah. get into a hallway to fight them but uh, it's also important to note that enemies respawn on these floors <laughs> yes they do yeah so that's that's also that that works as a timer as well if they, respawn, respawn, they respond even if you don't change floors yep so um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's um, I'd have to play the game with the different settings in order to understand like what is it pref- preferable, but they all kind of seem fine. I don't hate it. I don't love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we I think we had talked also uh, before recording about uh, fighting bosses, but at the at the end of each one of these five floors, you fight a a boss of each one of the biomes. And first boss that we encounter in the sewers is is the big goo blob, uh, which I feel like even if the bosses are the same for each floor, I feel like there's still an interesting amount of variety and difference of each run, even with the same character, that that boss fight still feels different each time. Because we all got to the same, we, we all passed the first boss fight, right? I'm down to 10 health. <laughs> I, I beat him and then died immediately afterwards in the next level. But yeah, the uh the goo boss I feel like had uh the first couple times I I died to it, I was like, uh, eh. and then the first victory I got like felt pretty satisfying. Like, okay, like was able to use like a freeze potion on him to lock him into place, threw a bunch of fire potions at him to light him on fire, and then like mm-hmm. I think it was a huntress and I think it was uh, one of the aspects of the huntress is that you don't trample down grass when you walk through it and grass breaks oh, so line like of sight. Hide it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you run away and then you, you hide in the grass, break line of sight and then surprise attack. Pew, pew, pew. She keeps shooting the arrows at him. Uh, and like beating him was like, Oh, okay. That felt like I had overcome like a good, a good hump. Uh, it felt like I had finally like figured out how to beat the boss like the next time with uh I think the mage I think I beat him the next time with um and then yeah immediately going into the prison the next level and getting my skull crushed in by you know the first enemy that I see yeah literally the first enemy I fought a mimic chest and it killed me yeah well that's why that's why you know if you had watched all the YouTube videos you would know that running across the chest is one way to determine if it's a mimic uh, throwing potions or throwing your your water uh, flask at it, well, I think also determine if it's a mimic. Yeah, that makes sense. So the game wants to just teach you all these things by having you die at least once to every little gimmick. I think that's how every traditional role yeah, right, right exactly. Operates. And like it's it's uh and again that's why like every time I have the opportunity, like, yep, you're all drink this. Oh, do I want to jump off this chasm? Yeah, let's try jumping off. The- Is there fall damage? Essentially, is the question. Is like you'd play in or like what you'd uh explore in most games um but uh, <laughs> this, this isn't fun for me i don't know it, it the, the well the so the day, these things are just eh. i mean yeah i mean this is this is a game that is definitely of its of its type but but will you get really sucked into Dun- dungeons and dreadmore for some reason when you when that's because you were... i had a goal that i i really wanted to beat it mm-hmm. and i could see the synergies of like my decisions like one important question for most of these kind of games is like what important decisions do you make and it sounds like like with these ultimate pros like oh well really it's it's you learn what the mechanics of the game are 
Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like a core. Like there's, and that feels like that's like a, almost a hundred percent of this game. It's like once you understand that, oh yeah, the, every chess could be a mimic. You always do this certain thing to like buy. It's just like yeah, you just do this tactic every single time, and so that's just like a that's not an interesting decision. That's just something you learn. And so in my view, like in this game, in this type of game, really for this mobile roguelike kind of a scenario, like you have to move it around and like your goal is to go down and like accumulate resources and upgrade things. But like that's just based on the things you come across. Like you don't make decisions that are important other than to exploit as much as possible based on what you've learned from previous runs. And that's why I'd always prefer a Lee Chess tactics game where it's just like, okay. I have to sit and I have to make important decisions. Every single thing I do is not based on this wealth of things I've learned. It's really just about like the the specific scenario that I'm in. And that's a much more interesting and satisfying puzzle from my point of view. Mm -hmm. The other uh, mobile roguelikes that I think I, I think I had touched on all these, but just like more explicit call outs, like, well, I think like you, you've played a lot of vampire survivors. I feel like you, Mm Uh, would probably like from the mobile uh format, you'd probably like this. Also, these are also like for sure stay tuned, but like uh, Magic Survival like has that kind of element of like tactical tactical decision making. Like, okay, well, I'm presented with these options. What what am I going to do with them? And I I can kind of see that here in Shattered Pixel Dungeon to some degree, based on like okay of of the things that I have identified so far. How do I use these to my advantage in this situation? And there's a lot of like, there's, there's again, kind of coming back to like understanding the overall universe of people that have played this game for 10 plus years. Uh, Like in this room, there's like a trap on the other side and like a fish guarding a chest. And I've picked up like a, a potion. Like we don't know. But everyone else knows, like, oh, of course you would, like, use your stone of intuition on that potion because you know it's going to be, like, one of three choices based on the puzzle room for this floor. It's like, yes, that is that is an interesting thing to learn. I had no idea that that existed in this game. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, that that kind of level of depth of a mechanic exists. But there was, like, no way for me to understand that that was even an option at the time. Uh, but once I figured that out, I'm like, okay, that presents an interesting choice that, well, do I want to use this flame potion to like kill the enemies that are guarding this chest now, or do I save it for the boss? Uh, we haven't even talked about the shop yet. The shop you only get access to at the beginning or, well, I guess like after beating each boss at the beginning of the next biome, uh, you, you have your shop and you're finally like, okay, so this is where I spend all my gold at, um, and yeah, like based on the stuff that you've identified so far, like you can <laughs> magnifying, hit that magnifying glass, hit the thing on the shop wall. You're like, okay, that's what that thing does. Do I want to spend 300 gold on another strength potion? Oh, I'm one strength away from being able to wield this other weapon. Uh, that I, I guess like that's maybe the most extent of tactical decision-making that I see so far. But again, like we've only spent two-ish hours yeah. playing it so far not 10 plus years i guess if you're going to try and train a uh an agent through reinforcement learning to like <laughs> m- optimize this game mm-hmm. it would be much more simple than um than other games which have uh i think like this exactly what i'm getting at importance of decisions where you have to not just see the tactical one move two move sort of ahead sort of thing you have to be able to see it all the way through the end Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could be mistaken again. Like, I mean, I, I don't know tr- truly the extent of this game, um, uh, the, the depth of this game, I should say, um, just because, you know, two hours is Diablo 4. I blame Diablo 4, really, for this, this, this podcast. <laughs> you can blame I, Diablo 4 for anything time. at this point. And so I, I blame say, Will's crippling addiction to Diablo 4. Yeah, if I am if I have an option, if I have free time to play Diablo 4 or this game, it, it's really hard. It was really hard for me to be like, okay, well, got to do my homework here, essentially. That's how it felt like. <laughs> Um, I feel like this definitely inherits the legacy of roguelike, like traditional roguelike games, which are traditionally not very handholdy. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
I I don't like that. I am I I think that you don't like the hand, the non handholdiness. I I don't. I think that I understand where it came from in the in the beginning, but I think that having your hand held a little bit in this day and age where there are so many options for other games is good because I need I need you to convince me to play your game. Mm-hmm. and because a lot of the games that it's like oh is this a bad game or is it just like trying to be brutally difficult right from the get-go and they can look very similar and be like oh well you just gotta put five more hours into this and then it gets good it's like i did and now it's still bad <laughs> it's hard to tell that like i need you to i need you to like give me a smooth on-ramp so i'm having fun early mm-hmm. uh to get into i mean i had the same kind of problem with darkest dungeons where it's just like we're just gonna smash you and and overwhelm you with stuff it's like i don't i don't know if i like the core loop enough to to persevere to find out um and i don't think that this game actually is that bad in there i, I mean like it 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 could use a little bit more in the way of like helping you along and identifying things um but like I don't know. It didn't seem like it was that overwhelmingly complex from from the get go. Uh, you just had to like figure out your best way to like drink potions or resist the urge to drink them all every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I like it. I think our our options for roguelike mobile games being like. Well, yeah, so I guess uh, I feel like Shattered Pixel Dungeon is is like the best, like kid friendly uh, traditional roguelike in that like no no kid under 12 is going to immediately jump into Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup or Null Hack. They're going to like they would get the best value out of this. And I think this this game does like the best job of like smoothing over all of those like aged poorly uh rough edges that yeah that like those traditional roguelikes like actively pride themselves in right right it doesn't have a perfectly smooth on-ramp but at least it like the wall you have to climb over is at like child chest height rather Mm -hmm. than like you need to have known where the hidden uh button is so that you could uh you know oh you have to do to poke the whole wall with a 10 foot pole. So you find the button so that you can climb up the thing, which is how a traditional roguelike sometimes feel. It's Let's like, see. Oh, just know everything already. And then well, you'll be able to play this game. Well, yeah, you, you hold down control alt and uh, an L to put the potion in your left hand. You, and, then you, for yeah. quaff. and then you type in <laughs> throw baby into Lake. Obviously that was one of the primary options that you should have known about how to do. And, uh, that's from, and that's a, of course game. that, that that's a hockey B for baby. <laughs> right. Um, um yeah i feel like the uh two things that would really help this game out a lot are a a tutorial just to like like hey like there's a lot of there's a lot of really good things in this game that are very um uh more user friendly than your standard traditional roguelike and one thing that i think would help out a lot with that is a very basic tutorial mode that's like Here's here's how all of the buttons on the interface work. This is why you should use these things versus those things. Don't make it too long, just like two or three minutes, and then let people lose. And I think that would help out a lot. Um, the other I think is mate and like, it, is this necessary? Qu- question mark. But like, uh, like what? What's my drive here? What, right. What am, what am I doing here? I was about to say that, like the narrative, like the fact that there's none. Well, yeah. there's like one blob. We've got to get the Yendor amulet. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, I I didn't yeah, even know that that was supposedly. a thing until, like, I saw someone's YouTube video, and I'm like, oh, oh, so that's what the, at the end of the final boss. Okay, uh, like, I think even, even Dreadmore has, like, a, a text splash image at the, at the beginning of, like, you know, your goal, you gotta go and, like, kill Lord Dreadmore. Okay, got it. Well, it's called Dungeons of Dreadmore, so they, they, they do make it at least, uh, it's in the title, so it's, it's yeah. pretty kill Dreadmore. <laughs> I mean, so you know, Shattered Pixel Dungeon gets its name from uh, 
the the blog shattered pixel that our our developer had been running at the time so shattered pixel pixel dungeon met, you know merges quite nicely there maybe it's more of an artifact of it just of like well not not just it being a fork um but of its shared legacy from the original pixel dungeon series and like whether or not if it's kind of like anchored down by that to some degree hard to say at least from our limited perspective but um yeah like Hey, your goal is to go and get the amulet of Yendor. It's going to save the world. Go and get it. And then, you know, once you've beaten the final boss, like, okay, you've gotten the amulet. Uh, like, why? Like, there there should be some interesting choice there of, like, do you want to save the world or do you want to keep the power to yourself and take the amulet up to the surface? Uh, I was I was also trying to watch like some videos of like, well, is that even like. Like, is that an option worth choosing? Like, what's what's the advantage of, like, taking the amulet for the Ascension run at the end? A badge, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, an in-game achievement for it. You get a higher What's your character's score. motivation? Are they just planning on living down in the dungeons forever? <laughs> maybe. Don't they want to um, go back to City to see the light? Maybe, maybe we're also reading too deep into a game that's, uh, you know, a free-to-play open source for right. again like so this is another interesting thing to to kind of delve into is like this being a very community driven like open source project largely driven by one guy but yeah a lot a lot of help from the community and that the uh the very timely uh uh titanic uh shipwreck disaster that is reddit going on at the moment this game owes basically its entire existence to the pixel dungeon subreddit which I believe as of what I was, I was reading earlier this morning that like they're like in limited private status at the moment. And it's causing like a lot of headache for people who are Google searching, like, how do I do this thing in pixel dungeon oh, and, yeah. and like getting like, you know, the Google search result for it, but blocked out because they come to the subreddit and it's, you know, it's not working properly. Uh, I think it so, will. Yeah. <laughs> So I looked up Pixel Dungeon trying to figure out if there was a specific, you know, you know, what's its heritage? Where did it come from? And like the first page, the about, uh, there is a paragraph in there. Many people consider this game very difficult and luck based. Maybe they are right or maybe they should. And then it's L2P. I And it, that's a link to learn to play on Urban Dictionary. I'm just like, ah, I don't like that. <laughs> like that just. I, I, the, the get good. I, I am fine with that being like how you get better at games, but I don't like that being like a badge of honor. Be like, oh, just get good, scrub. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, y- yeah, I mean, okay, I will get good, but uh, you have to intrigue me into your game to convince me that getting good is worth it. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the attention economy at work. Yeah, there are a lot of really good games out there that I could be playing instead. Like, if it were 1990 and this was, like, the only game in town Mm -hmm. and, like, every one of my friends had played it and, like, oh, it is worth playing. It's like, cool, that's a different attention ecosystem. But, like, I could be playing Diablo 4. I could be playing Hades. I could be playing any of the various other games that I don't play uh but could play and could put thousands of hours into i've been playing fortnite i mean i couldn't be playing fortnite i would just get stomped <laughs> by 12 year olds but i could be get good skill like, issue yeah exactly like if i'm gonna like grind a, a game i could be grinding at many other games that are that are trying to get me to play them mm-hmm. can i can i pitch nope. an idea no, nope, I am going to pitch an idea. Nope. Sorry, uh, about like to, to just to infuse like the narrative into this. So it's called Shattered Pixel Dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are pixels ever shadow- shattered? I mean, like that's something that's kind of lacking here. Like, can you imagine a narrative which is driven by this idea of, um, and very very simplistic, just like a few slides essentially with very minimal text, which essentially just conveys this idea that like. Yep, the whole purpose of this game is to explore the fundamental essence of their world, where the world's comprised of pixels, or what they thought was the atomic the atomic nature of the universe from their everyone in this 2D kind of flat <laughs> universe is a pixel. 
And to shatter the pixel is to unlock the power or to split it into like higher resolution. And so as you're going along, everything's low resolution, you know, like blocks of pixels essentially. And then through powers that you as the superhero have developed, you're able to shatter these pixels into more high resolution uh, images. <laughs> and those are like the harder things or like, that's how you're making progress or like there's magic tied into it or like, there's just like suddenly, oh, now instead of it just being a generic dungeon crawler, now you've got a narrative that's tied into the dungeon crawling where it ties into the title and you've got a lot of sense being made. And like, it's, it's I don't know, th that's my fundamental gripe here is that there's just like, like I said, there's lack of um, important decisions, at least seemingly from my point of view and just a lack of creativity. I mean, you're fighting mice and snakes and like ghosts and like and flies. OK. Oh, yeah. Let's see this. Well, trope again. I'll, I'll push back a little bit on the creativity bit. I think like, oh, a because I don't know how much of that like is just held over from the original pixel dungeon. Uh, what we might also be trying to like, uh, like, why doesn't Pac-Man have a really detailed story about your motivation as a character? Well, Pac-Man had limitations. It had technological <laughs> limitations, whereas developers of this game do not have this well okay yeah. so so i'm thinking like okay I, i'm thinking uh <laughs> you got like mario the original mario bros mm -hmm. doesn't have like a real story it's kind of got a story but it's really simple well like the story there was dennis hopper uh was going and stealing uh Junk stuff. Man? yeah <laughs> and then they made a really terrible movie out of it that was the story yeah. But then you get like you can end up with games like Shovel Knight, where mm -hmm. yeah, it's the same. It's a side scroller, etc. And you 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 can you can get a lot more story in there nowadays if you want to. Um, yeah. No, you're right, wonder, and, and I so, I'm of two minds about this. As I've said in past uh, episodes, I hate narratives. I don't give a shit about them, and blah blah blah. And here I am saying we need more narrative, right? I I guess what I'm trying to say is I need just enough of something interesting and new, and um, I just didn't feel it here. That's all. I also wonder if the fact that we didn't get very far into the game um, does start like oh, there's some weird. I I'm looking through the wiki now, and like yeah. Granted, it's it's still pretty standard fare, but you get like crazy scorpion things. Uh, yeah, I, th I think there's an element of, of missing things. like meta progression treadmills a little bit that like if that that could help sort of accelerate you to like see more of what there is to offer because there's, you know, deeper in the game, not that we got that far, but like. You know, there's there's a lot more of Will's needing of tactical decision making of like, okay, this scorpion all the way over there is gonna like leap three squares and bite me. How like do I use my teleport scroll now, or do I have to you know do I fight this uh this little like jogging in place uh um uh I, I keep wanting to say like Firefox guy, but uh they're they're gnolls. That's what they are. They look like little foxes, but uh that's where I think it comes into play more. But yeah, like, unless you're willing to kind of grind, you know, your head against a wall and die 200 times to get there and like, okay, now I know all the game mechanics. There's no, I don't, or at least I'm not convinced that there is any kind of meta progression to kind of help you along the way there. It's just get good scrub skill issue, learn to play kind of thing. Yeah. Get good. <laughs> Which again, like, Will, I think you made a lot of good points about the narrative. As I always I think do. The great thing about uh, it being an open source project is that you could write up your own uh, pull request to have them pull it into the game. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. You, so, yeah. Cyber, uh, cyber Pixel Dungeon. Put, put your code where your mouth is and uh, get them to, to accept that PR on GitHub. You could be a pixel slime instead of a regular slime. <laughs> Should we uh, uh should we rate this uh this game? I feel yeah, like let's, up uh, an hour let's, let's jump into rankings. Uh who who wants to who wants to dunk first? I'll dunk first. Um <laughs> uh I'm actually not gonna dunk. Uh I'm gonna put it at 12 out of 25. Um so Wrong. that's like it's below most of the real games. And above most of the games that I didn't particularly like. Um, and I feel like that kind of is where it falls on me for a lot of, or falls for me for a lot of things. Like it feels 
like maybe too much of a game for me for a mobile game mm. because I don't have very many mobile game use cases. I usually, I just don't play games on my phone very much. And when I do, I want them to be like really short and extremely possible and to come back to it in like 12 days. Um, so it's like too much for a mobile game and not enough for a full game. But I I really do feel like if if I were given a 35-minute bus ride to and from work every day kind of thing, I might be in a very, very different position for how much I want to play a game like this. So I, I think it has like... It, it, it's much more situational kind of game for me. But like... It, it caught me right at the end of, of the, how much I played. It, it started catching me like, okay, I could see, I probably won't play more of this game, but I could see, I could see a version of me playing this game a lot. Incredible. If I'm sitting on an airplane <laughs> and I don't have my laptop with me, and so I just have my phone, and my options are to stare at the back of the seat in front of me like David Putty, <laughs> or or play this game. I I don't know what I would do. I it, honestly it would be a toss up. Uh, huh. <laughs> that's assuming that this is the only game I have on my phone. Um, yeah, I uh, I actually just improved a score. I gave it a four out of ten. But having looked at some of the other ones, I've given a four out of ten and five four point five. I ended up giving it a four point five out of ten, which is below the, my recommend uh, threshold of six. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I'll I'll be opening up this game again. Um, it would take a very specific set of circumstances. Um, what is it that four point five makes it equal to our last game, Darkest Dungeon two, which is saying something. Um, <laughs> I think probably mostly negative about Darkest Dungeon two for the amount of uh development time that went into that. But um, what else? Uh, oh, <laughs> you guys won't like this. I put an equivalent to a cog mind. Uh, yeah, that actually sounds really uh, right to yeah. me. Yeah. It's really I, right. I, I, see, that doesn't surprise me though. Like they do have a similar, like Cogmind is the like if you took it off a phone and you put it onto something where you could like fully expand the potential of a game like that. But Cogmind has a, has a, and Cogmind has a pretty smooth on ramp compared to something like compared to most traditional roguelikes. Yeah, it I mean that, that's you fair. The, the, <laughs> Character the, motivation, the lots of text to read. Yeah, well, a whole. There's lot a real story. Like Will can't complain about story. <laughs> I cannot complain. It doesn't. Cogmine was going to be my other example that uh, I didn't have time to mention. Where yeah, that one actually does have a, a fairly developed um, story um, that makes sense. A lot of sense. Um, <laughs> anything else I have to say about this? Um, I I I think Best just game mobile games time. in general are going to get a minus. Whatever the score is that would be on PC, they're going to get like a minus two on top of that because it's just so mobile is not a fun interface for me. Unless it's a game where it's actually just like like moving a chess piece, for instance, where it's mm. just like there's no other complexity. I don't have to use the magnifier, hold the magnifier button to see which hidden pieces are sitting around me. No, there's none of that nonsense. Well, I think I'm going to, let's see, for my rankings, yeah, I had to kind of walk it around a bit to figure out where where it felt right. This is going to land at, it It sounds harsher than I feel like it is because I feel like we've we've covered a lot of games that I think are, are good. Um, we just need like a higher volume. And I think over time, this will shake out somewhere in the middle. Uh, so at the moment, it's 15 out of the 25 games that we've ranked, which sounds bad, but that's that's I, what mine was, too. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, I feel like over time it'll average out in the middle, but um, but that places it just below Invisible Ink and just above Hand of Fate one, which I feel like, again, like I'm I'm the outlier in the Invisible Ink episode. Uh, I don't know, like there's just something where it didn't grab yeah. me. Maybe I got to go back to it. Maybe I, no. I have it in that. I mean, not the I thought Invisible Ink was better, but I have it. It, it's it's in there there's like a group that i have that are all kind of like yeah these are all kind of the tide at mid-tier games where yeah. i if someone said oh i really like this game i'd be like okay that's a valid opinion mm -hmm. versus there's some other ones where i'm like ah if you were like super super into sword in the pit or sword of the stars the pit i'd be like ah that says something about me. i'm not sure <laughs> damage, yeah i'm not sure about that yeah, um, I feel like the things that 
Pixel Dungeon does not do well is is it's on ramp. It's new player experience on ramp. Like you probably want to have a wiki open. You probably want to be looking at that nonstop if you want to be good at it for the purpose of, I guess, beating it and getting a high score question mark. Um, if there was maybe just a, a hint of like a, a narrative or something in there, again, maybe we're reading too much into it. But um, the the goods about it, I think, are actually pretty good. I think the uh, the soundtrack like loops pretty frequently, but I think it's innocuous and like pretty good to some degree. Uh, I think the, the like the sound or like the the art aesthetic is like a has like a fun lightheartedness that <laughs> every other traditional roguelike like goes out of its way to not provide any kind of uh platform for um i think the art is is cute and fun uh it's 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 a good trojan horse to get people into the genre um i don't think it's like something like cogmind is going to be very off-putting to people that like don't don't jive with that aesthetic immediately yeah this is something that will sweeten the pot a little bit better to get them into it so like i i have in my google doc notes that like this is a kid's first traditional roguelike in a good way um it's fast like you know you die and you're just like you can jump right back in in two seconds it's got like a really good like loop to that um i really like once you get the ui i feel like it works really well we're like okay like tap tap the arrow uh, or tap the bow and arrow, tap it again to shoot the nearest enemy. Tap, 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 tap. Okay, all the enemies are dead. Like, once you get that UI flow, it, it feels feels very fluid. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, the the pause, start, stop feels good. Like, I can, I can just close the app at any time, reopen it whenever. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I gotta go poop for 25 minutes. Maybe I'll, you know, play, play Shadow yes. Pixel Dungeon for a floor or two and pick up right where I left off. Like, I think that's a fiber in your diets. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel like that's kind of an underrated aspect. So that will, that will put, yeah. Shattered pixel dungeon 15 out of 25 below invisible ink above hand of fate. One sounds harsh, but like, I, I think like I enjoyed my time with it. I don't know how much more I will play with it because now that I've seen like, Oh, the ending is just like a splash screen of like victory. Here's your points. Like, Okay. Um, I kind of don't like the fact that like the daily the daily challenges are locked behind winning a whole game. I feel like I'd be more motivated if like I would play daily challenge uh, like on the same seed as everyone else. I'm like, oh, OK, here's how my score ranked up against other people. That would be a reasonably good motivator, I think. But having that gate kept is is a little frustrating. Um, so that's going to put shattered pixel dungeon uh averaged out to our 15th out of 25th uh game that we reviewed uh just behind hand of fate one and just ahead of darkest dungeon two that's that's fine that's you know i like that that's fine um i think reasonably welcome company for you know for you know (laughs) a game let's say this this is a game mostly developed by one guy open source free to play in some circumstances uh that you know there's there's no obligation to go out and play this like the the barrier to entry is super low go and play it i think like if you like it you'll like it if you don't hey you know really no harm no foul as long as you own an android phone uh god help you uh iphone users but uh but low enough price point that you know it's not too devastating if you don't like it i guess uh, but before we go, uh, I do want to shout out Free Cell, the OG, the best game for mobile. <laughs> Free Cell is good. Blue Chest sucks. Play Free Cell instead. Oh, 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 that's not. Uh... Well, we haven't even talked about Tigris and Euphrates. We haven't talked about the Twilight Struggle app for for phones, which you know you, you're gonna need a magnifying glass for that one. Uh, I did Will, look I... up. I did look up if there was a. Uh, free cell roguelike game and there it is and it's probably bad stay tuned question mark stay tuned let's just be careful when we talk about negative about lead chess i think that there's a lot of positive <laughs> things we can say there i know you just sort of said that a little flippantly there and i just want to caution us about uh, uh i think it's a great platform london uh, system london system <laughs> uh, i love chest yeah <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, it's not just about it's not just about chess. It's also about Lee chess versus other um, apps. In, anyway, sorry, I want to go on that diatribe. Yeah, uh, I have to mention. I don't think I said these on on the air, but I have to mention Hyper Rogue has a free to play uh, uh, mobile app, which 
Like, for sure, stay tuned. Pocket Rogues is a highly recommended one. Hoplite, there's your there's your tactical chess puzzle, Will, is Hoplite for mobile. I think it's mobile only. Um, and Slice and Dice is, like, you want something that's, like, combinatorics and dice building in a roguelike mode? Yeah, those eyebrows are going, aren't they? Stay tuned in a half for sure on that one. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, just to mention mention those guys for for other potential uh, mobile games that we might come back to. But I think that's that's probably going to wind down our Shattered Pixel Dungeon episode. Uh, if you want to write into the program, we have our email, grogpodzone at gmail.com. We have our uh, Fediverse mastodon at grogpod at gamedev.place uh grogpod.zone is the website where you can find all of our data rankings and and all that good stuff um the next episode that we have is a is a scott pick finally we we have a wide variety of scott picks uh which <laughs> i got you there a little seinfeld reference there uh-huh. but uh... well, gene sucks uh so next week is, is a biggie it's enter the gungeon which I think we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to say about, but we're gonna we're gonna have some we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some guests to we're gonna have some guest gungeoneers to roll in, and we're gonna we're gonna celebrate the birth of our nation by blowing up a small small part of it. Fabulous. Well, to play us out on this episode are the tunes of a tense battle in the caves, leading to the abandoned metropolis between a. What I thought was a Colonel Sanders mage lookalike, uh, and a dwarven constructed machine gun wielding security robot. Again, if you'd gotten this far, you would know. The All robot right, I'm, I'm excited to hear this pod, the end of the podcast. <laughs>